1: hello and welcome to episode 31 of the long shot podcast brought to you by 342 productions i'm your host duncan robinson as always and i'm here with my good friend and co-host davis reed davis how are we doing
0: i'm so great i'm so great how are
1: you I'm doing well. You know, we're coming off a a fantastic weekend, a celebration of love and life. Uh, My sister got married this past weekend on Saturday. Davis somehow snagged himself an invite. I'm still not entirely sure how. Uh, No, obviously Davis is is close with our entire family, so
0: made an appearance, and uh, you know, we had a great time. It was fantastic. We were planning on getting an in-person interview in uh, for this week's episode. That did not happen, but we got Tommy for an awesome conversation. But the reason we did not get the in-person interview in is because you gave an amazing speech at the wedding in the ceremony. Uh, You were actually kind of like the focal point of the ceremony, which I thought was a little selfish on your part, but you gave a great speech. And so you were honing that speech uh, and practicing it on Saturday when we were going to do this interview, Uh, but you did crush it. So I just wanted to give you your flowers on this podcast.
1: Thank you. I I appreciate that. Could have been a little bit better. You know, I I would actually more so appreciate some constructive criticism. I think that that would actually be better for me than than just kind of, you know, showering me with praise. What do you got?
0: I have some. I do have some constructive criticism. You had some emotions creeping up during the speech, which makes sense. You were speaking at your older sister's wedding and I thought you really fought them. I thought you really repressed the emotion. I thought if you let it go and maybe even shed a tear or two, it would have really it, uh, dialed up the emotion from the crowd and would have helped uh, the, the scene a little bit. I thought you fought it a little too hard.
1: So before, that there, before there's like headlines going everywhere saying that
0: I was like bawling, uh,
1: I did get a little bit emotional. Want to get out in front of that. You know my, my older sister is you know she's my older sister. she's one of the, the best human beings I've ever had the pleasure of knowing and uh, the fact that she has found you know everlasting love is is special and then of course I'm I'm tasked to, to speak to that. I mean that's a challenge in and of itself. Uh, I don't consider consider myself an overly emotional person. Uh, in fact, I've actually gotten criticism for actively repressing my emotion. Yeah, um, you feel nothing. Yeah. And not sharing. But, uh, I will say like in this moment, it was, it, you know, it was kind of like an avalanche. It's, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, gosh, like what it, what is that feeling? Like I'm feeling
0: feelings, you know, it was
1: like that. It was like a weird moment of like existential crisis of like, Oh, so that's what it feels like to, to be emotional, um, to be alive. Yeah. Anyways, we had a great weekend. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, there was a, a video going around on our social media of some just classic two on two at up at the the school, the local elementary school, and uh, that was a great time. Davis and I came away with a win, which you know, if if you know anything about those uh, those two teams, Davis and, and Duncan versus Chris and Harry, uh, it's a bitter, bitter rivalry that goes all <laughs> the way back, uh, and it was just great to know that the long
0: shot duo secured the latest chapter of that matchup. The same, how's the saying go? The most important game was the last one, or maybe, you know, whatever, when you're talking about a series. Uh, so, uh, you know, we are, we are on top, and we're going to remain on top uh, until they knock us off that mountain, which I don't see happening anytime soon. Yeah, this game was, uh, it took place on the Duncan Robinson Court, which we documented la- over the weekend on social media. But your elementary school dedicated the outdoor playground to you which is an amazing honor. The school's right across the street from your mother's house. So we made sure to go check it out. Um, I will say it was almost like Field of Dreams. You know how uh, players just start showing up out of the cornfield? That's kind of how it was with the fans when we were playing. It's like before I knew it, 20 minutes in, it was like there was 15 people from the community just watching. I think that's the impact that you have Um, on them. They they get wind. I don't even know how, maybe there's like a neighborhood group thread, uh, but they get wind that Duncan Robinson has graced his own basketball court. And then before you know it, it's like standing room only.
1: Probably giving me a little too much credit, but I mean, it's a small tight knit community. So as you can probably imagine, word travels pretty quickly. So, you know, and, and not to mention, it's like an elementary school. So when the four of us, you know, we're not exactly normal looking. Or, or, or like par for the course of who's usually playing on there. I mean, sure. I'm obviously tall, but then our our other buddy, Chris, who was a, a Division I uh, college basketball player turned, uh, what is he? Uh, is it, That's not bodybuilding. What is it? It's Fitness a, trainer
0: slash bodybuilder. Yeah, body I mean, he, he
1: participates in like physique competitions. And he is <laughs> massive. Larger <laughs> I mean, than any human should be. Yeah. Um, So I think when you like see that visually, you're like, oh, wow, something's going on here. (laughs) Even if you don't exactly know me or whatever, like you're just kind of like appalled by the fact that all of these grown individuals are playing on this children's court. (laughs) Um, But we had a ton of fun. It was a blast. The whole weekend was a great time. but yeah, you know now I'm, I'm back in Miami. I'm here for the foreseeable future outside of a quick trip to Ann Arbor, which I'm taking this weekend to take in a, a Michigan football game. Go blue as always. But uh, other than that, I'm back in Miami gearing up for a, a big season.
0: Yeah, exciting for you to be back there. Exciting that the season's around the corner. One more quick thing on your impact in New Hampshire. I had someone come up to me at your sister's wedding and they were they started talking about you and they were talking about your impact on their kids. It was a mother. She was talking about the impact on her kids who are from uh, Newcastle, from your area. And she said, my son and all his friends now think they can go pro because of Duncan. It's like, they're all in little league and they wanna play in the MLB because of Duncan. And it struck me. I just thought it was really special. I mean, your elementary school you went to, you had what, four kids in your, in your class, I think? Yeah, I was so, one of four. It's not a massive community. Like you said, it's a tight-knit community, but your impact on people, I mean, it was just, it was very evident at the wedding, just that the way that people viewed you, I just thought was really special. I think you've earned that, uh, but it was, you know, it was really cool for me to see. I hadn't been boots on the ground like that and seen your uh, presence in Newcastle, New Hampshire recently, but boy, is it different than 2013 when we were, you know, high school kids and no one really cared who you were.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot, a lot has changed uh, since 2013, probably most notably your flourishing podcasting career uh, because you have really continued your meteoric rise uh, to stardom as basically Joe Rogan's counterpart. Uh, and opposition so let's all just take a moment to celebrate that how far davis has come um all right well let's we want to get right to it with tommy because we have a a fun conversation i know dave you wanted to touch on a long shot feature though so what do we got
0: yeah we're going to skip our reddit question of the week this week apologies but i do have to shout out my cousin reed senate this week's long shot feature, third string quarterback for the Dolphins, was on the practice squad last year. But this dude is the definition of an underdog, definition of a long shot. Dunk played one year of high school football, one year, his senior year. That He was on the bench before that, but played well enough to get a spot at the University of San Diego. That's a really storied program, though, out there in the WCC. So mm. he, they had some stud quarterbacks coming in. My cousin didn't play there until his senior year. So he played one year of high school football, then got to play one year of college football. But he balled out his senior year at San Diego. They won the conference, played well enough to generate some interest in the NFL, got signed to the Buccaneers practice squad before last season, but got cut, and then got picked up by the Dolphins, was their practice squad quarterback. No preseason last year because of COVID. So he didn't really get a chance to play uh, or or a shortened I don't know different preseason so he didn't really get any reps until this past week he got his first ever start in the final preseason game for the Dolphins and just absolutely balled out threw for 343 yards two touchdowns uh, led a late game comeback was capped off by a fourth and fifteen hail mary to win the game Dunk I don't know if you saw the highlight it made its rounds on social media but talk about maximizing your opportunities. This guy gets one year of high school, maximizes opportunity. One year of college, maximizes opportunity. And then gets one chance in the preseason to play a full game and just absolutely maximizes his opportunity. So uh, gotta give him a shout out. Shout out to Reed. Only only good things coming for him in his football career.
1: Love the personal touch on this week's long shot feature. Reed's a, a fantastic human being. I texted him after seeing it. And he tried to come at me with some sort of like, oh, lucky, blah blah. I'm like, no, you create and make your own luck, and yes. you've earned those opportunities, and you've earned the fact that you've made the most of them. Uh, I hope that Reed is a is a staple moving forward in South Florida. And the beautiful thing is, even if he's not he's going to have an NFL career, uh, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. So shout-out to Reed. He's also a, a weekly listener, and, uh, you know, obviously we have a soft spot for those as well. Um yeah, of course. Anyways, fantastic long shot feature. Uh, dial in for a fantastic conversation with Tommy Alter. He's a mysterious guy. We get right down to the bottom of it, uh, yeah. you know, kind of unearth some of his – previous occupations as well as kind of how he moves in his different circles but uh i think you guys will enjoy this one obviously a fun conversation considering we know him well so yeah stay tuned for tommy alter Hello and welcome back in to the long shot podcast. We have an incredibly special guest here with us today. Uh, Probably familiar to most of you, but, but maybe not. Um, We have Tommy alter with us co-host of the old man and the three podcasting legend, Tommy, welcome to the long shot. What's up guys. It's
2: great to be on with my coworkers. My two on. of my favorite, two is of my it, favorite people.
1: Is it coworkers? Because we were kind of under the impression that you and JJ are our bosses. No,
2: we're co- we're coworkers slash collaborators. I would say we're definitely not your boss.
1: I like that. I like collaborators. That I can run. Imagine away.
2: if I came on here and I was like, "You, you guys work for us." <laughs> well,
1: hold on. There. I mean, you've never given us that type of tone. You've given us a ton of creative control, which I'm incredibly appreciative of. But there are also like check-ins. So let's not act like you're not a superior in this workspace because you are.
2: I would say there. Are, I would say that there are check-ins in terms of. Making sure that everything is running smoothly on the stuff that we are working on together. But I will say this. I mean, we can get into the history of the show later on. You guys have fucking built a machine in like five months. Like you don't need like I don't know if this is just Davis. So then here's the funny thing. When Duncan It's told all Davis. Me, it's all Davis. No, Duncan, don't do this. When we started this when we started this idea for the show, uh, I think we I think we first talked about it pre COVID. When we did the pod, we did the pod with Jimmy in Miami and then or in New Orleans when my, when you guys were in New Orleans and then you came on and then we started talking about it and then we kept talking about it and then once the bubble happened, it just became like, oh, this is a thing we should actually do. When Duncan called me and was like, my boy is going to, and we've talked about this in private, my boy is going to come on the show. I'm going to be like, I'm like, of course, like cool because like that's how I ended up with J.J., what am I going to be like? No. But I, you never know what that means. Like, we all know a bunch of NBA players who have a bunch of shithead friends. And, like, it, it doesn't always work It doesn't always work out well for this. Davis is a monster, dude. Davis is doing all the social media. They, like, Davis was hosting that thing in Vegas. Like, honestly, Duncan is like the sideshow on his own show. I actually think it is a – you cast him well, man. No, I don't want to do this. We
1: have we've covered that. I am Davis's sidekick. This is Davis's show. This is the long shot long with shot. Davis, <laughs> Davis, and Green. I just kind of happened to be, you know, next to him in the fine print. Duncan That's what Robinson. He's That's taking what over. But I I think you're actually downplaying, and maybe I'm wrong. But let's rehash this. I think you're downplaying a little bit the hesitation that you had when I came <laughs> I to you, and I was like, hey, I want to do it with. A friend of mine and, and and i think it was reasonable because i think you understood the circumstances and and you didn't have an idea of what davis could ultimately be um i will say i i take full credit for being an incredible talent evaluator because yeah, dude, i saw it from, like, from early on uh geez. no but I, I think that there was an initial there was an initial pushback there of like all right like did we maybe make a mistake that like this guy's just gonna grab his boy and then they're just gonna like you know just
2: chop it up here for for every episode? Well, I was there was never a point cuz I remember I talked about it with JJ right afterwards. There was never a point where I was like this is a bad idea. But I did say to you, I said we should try it. I wasn't like, oh, let's definitely do that. I was like we should try it. Where I did understand and this was partially from just meeting Davis, but also thinking about it more where I did understand that like it was a good idea and where I was confident that it was going to work even before we started is I remember we had the conversation, like what I've basically realized with podcasts in general, which is not a, this is not exactly some like bold, brilliant statement. It's pretty much common sense is the most important thing is for the host to be comfortable and to have a comfort level with who they're talking to and what they're talking about. And I knew basically like with your guys history that you were going to have good content on stuff that had nothing, you you, the only my only concern with with player podcasts in general and we have the same problem you know that you guys have uh we've been doing it for longer so we've gotten we've we've learned a few tricks but like if you're relying on guests you are setting yourself up for failure because the nba schedule is a monster and the guys are you know nice people but they can be unreliable um and to put it mildly and so and so basically like we had to create an ecosystem that allowed you to be comfortable where you're like, I can talk about stuff, you know, and I don't have to rely on having Jimmy or bam on every episode because they're not coming on every week. And it's really hard to talk solo. Like you gotta be like a real talent to be able to do that. And so it's like, if we can figure out someone you can talk to all the time, like that's the show. And then everything else is like additive.
0: Well, I also think, first of all, I hate the start that this podcast is off I to. That it. we're just, it's we're all about, about you, me. Dave. All but about you. I, what, what we've also found, Tommy, is what plays the best is when we just shit on Duncan. And so having me here allows us to do that every episode. Like he's not going to sit here and be self deprecating about himself. Yeah, so, of course not. what I found is my role especially is just to now. Come on here and especially and now and after just, this summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I just come on here and I just make fun of him every week. And it's that's the best part for me.
1: That's it. Well, you you mentioned scheduling, and you know, Tommy, we take a lot of pride in being fully transparent with our community, so I, I think that it's necessary for me to kind of paint a picture of how this episode came about. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so full disclosure, we had a couple of great guests lined up. You know what? Stuff happens. At you least they, three. At least three guests. At least three. Up. They had to cancel. Uh, one of them was was a blunder on, on our behalf. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that one on the chin. That one's on me. But then, you know, we we have the idea early on in this week, you know, let's let's do a little pod collaboration. You talked about, you know, it being collaborative earlier. Let's get the old man and the three, the long shot, on one episode together. So we have a little group chat. I fire off a text, like let's let's get a poppin'. And uh it, it was well received you know you were in uh you gave a very clear concise time of like this is when I'm available JJ said he was in gave a window with like and then then I like, kind of like backed his way out of it also and as soon as he said like oh yeah it's kind of like weather permitting uh whether or not I can be there from from two to three
2: should have been you should have known it was fishy
1: right then because he he gave himself an out. And uh, you know you talk about NBA players and their schedules, you know. And of course, <laughs> here we are. It's just the three of us. I don't want to throw JJ too far under the bus, but I also would not be being fully honest with our community if I said that he wasn't
0: supposed to. I
2: be. was going to say you had three guests, not counting your coworker, right? Who That's right. flaked on you on, in this week. I will say this about Duncan. Duncan has been on OM three, OG correspondent been on however many times, ten times, whatever it is. Duncan is by far our most reliable guest, player or non player. If Duncan says he's coming on at five PM, this could be five PM like the day after like game three of the finals. And he's like, up, five oh one, there's Duncan.
1: But so so Zooming much of that in. so much of that has been created by the fact that I now have to deal with scheduling people. So I yeah. have a, a certain amount of empathy for what goes into that. So if I say I'm going to be there at a time, I do my hardest to be punctual. Um, but anyway, so so because JJ was out, he was kind of a late scratch. We're talking legitimately 30 minutes before <laughs> you know, we're going to do this. <laughs> Davis and I were going back and forth, and we thought it was an incredible opportunity to just put you on the hot seat. Yes. I love it. Like just fully. And – you know, I'll be honest with you, you're a pretty mysterious guy. You know, you, Am you I? yeah, yeah. You sit back, you know, you kind of like, you wear hats. No one really knows exactly. Maybe <laughs> like, you know, YouTube's helped a little bit, but no one Davis really knows
0: hats. <laughs> hats yeah, Tommy, you wear hats, man. It's weird.
1: <laughs> but you like you seamlessly, you know, add a, a very insightful comment or, or question to a, a podcast episode. But you never like you do a great job. And this is all complimentary. You do a great job of like navigating it. And the attention is very rarely ever on you so we really want to make this episode all about you as uncomfortable as that will probably make you that's the point of this episode
2: yes i love it it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all i will say though i don't like i don't not that i don't like people every once in a while will ask me to do shows and stuff like that and then i usually say no because i basically think that it i think some i think some of the stuff that uh, we do with our company, you know, we do with our shows and everything like that. First of all, it's it's better for us to do it on our show. You know what I mean? Not that I'm like, you know, would if my friend is like, can you come on? Of course, I'm going to be like, yeah. But I don't, I don't think like giving a million like, you know, interviews about yourself and stuff like that is generally like the best form. I think that sometimes it's better to be a little, be a little mysterious is good. But I also like, some people say this about me sometimes and I don't really understand why I'm that mysterious because nothing... Nothing is that secretive, you know what I mean? Like, everything that I do, is I'm fairly transparent about. I don't, I just do a lot of different shit. You know, and so sometimes people are like, why is he there, why is he there? And I'm like, I don't know, just keep it moving. Right, I,
1: I don't think the mysterious thing is a shtick. And obviously, as I've gotten to know you, uh, you know, I, I realize how genuine of a person you are. I think Jason, our video guy, summed it up beautifully, in that he said, he considers you a very close friend, and he still knows like very little about you, so I, I don't think it's necessarily intentional. But like,
2: where is Jason? Is Jason on this recording Jason right now? Jason was supposed
1: to be on it. <laughs> that uh, motherfucker. He, he also failed. But like, you know, you're you're showing up in like uh, in like pictures with Kevin Love and Brad Beal, and, and you're involved in the the shop and HBO, and you're doing all these things. Like, tell the people just a little bit about what it is you do, how you kind of came to be, I don't want to say socialite, because I think that's like undercutting like the, the real value that you're bringing, but like you are like kind of a prominent fixture in these kind of like, you know, big networking circles. Are you talking about in basketball? Or in other stuff. I just want everything, all encapsulating. Yeah, it, that's in like life. a
2: deep. It's like a big question. Though. It's almost you got, like it's got to like if, be a little more specific than that. I don't know. It's, what it's to almost
1: that. like if there was a Wikipedia page being made about you, <laughs> what what would be like? The all right, headlines? I'll give
2: it in sixty seconds. Yes, I'll, give it, there you I'll go. give it in sixty seconds. I started. I started working. I'm not going to give the whole life story, but I got into. Uh, I got into working in TV at a sort of low level in 2014, I was working at Comedy Central. From that, I met Bill Simmons. Um, I became close with Bill when Bill went over to HBO. Um, I went with him and we sort of built out his, the HBO stuff together, the doc stuff, uh, some of the stuff with the ringer together. Um, while that was happening, uh, these guys, these Zamiro, who I tried to work with when I was at my previous job, they wanted to start a new show. Um, they were really good friends of mine in New York. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. This will be fun. That was happening in New York. Bill was happening in LA. I built out the show with them. Um, We did it for vice for a couple of years and it became like pretty popular there. Eventually now it's on showtime. What I basically realized is uh, in the basketball world, because at that point I met JJ in LA um, right after I moved out. So I met him in like 2014 or something that when he was still playing for the Clippers, what I basically realized was the basketball world is extremely small And a lot of people in it came from other fields, whether it be music or other parts of culture or things like that. And I actually knew a lot of them because I was always like a basketball fan, but it wasn't a thing that I wanted to work in or anything like that. I basically realized I knew a lot of them from other spaces already. Like I knew Rich Kleiman who works with KD. Rich used to manage artists. And so I was working in different music spaces And so, like he he managed J Cole, he managed Wale, he worked with Meek Mill, worked with all these different guys. And so, like when I realized that like Kevin's business partner was that rich, I'm like, oh shit! Like this is a guy that I already know. The same thing with with Maverick and and Rich Paul and those guys. Um, And basically, you realize that everything is very interconnected, which can be like intimidating for people sometimes. But I actually don't think it's a bad thing. I think it makes it I think it makes it easier in a way. I mean, one thing we talk about this on our show a lot. Uh, obviously we talked about it with Dame because he's the most ultimate example of this is like a lot of NBA players like want to be rappers and rappers want to be NBA players. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it also kind of makes this make sense, which is that these two worlds are sort of interwoven. Um, and so I just became kind of like well-versed in those worlds. And then from that, you know, a bunch of other shows have sort of spun out of that. And some of them have been, you know, bigger shows. Some of them have been kind of like one-off specials and things like that. And so, you know, before JJ and I were doing the pod stuff, I just had this basically TV business where I was just producing a bunch of different TV shows. And, you know, I still have that going now. Obviously, we started when we started 342 last year, that's kind of taken precedent. Um, But one of the things even with 342, and we've talked about this, you guys have talked about it with the two of us is like, we really have a focus on audio, I think that we're not trying to be competitive with, uh, you know, some of these other companies that are doing, you know, big movies and big TV shows and stuff like that. It's like, Duncan, you got to play for the next however many years. You know what I mean? So we have to be realistic about like what you're going to do now. You may want to do a one off docu series, something like that, which isn't a challenge, but like there's no world where you're going to be able to host your own TV show because you're not going to have time. And so that's just from a production standpoint, the nice thing that makes podcasting, you know, just sort of, interesting, both for people like you guys, but then also like, I don't know if you follow the show, um uh, uh, brain list that like Jason Bateman and those guys do, I think it's called Smartlist, smart list, maybe whatever it's called. It's a good show. And it's a, it's, th- that's another sort of good example of like, those guys are working actors and they can still do this. Those guys could not host a talk show, like with their schedule, like the amount of time that it takes to host a talk show is just impossible versus hosting a podcast. And so I found uh, in this particular space that there's a lot of lanes to basically like do this with different interesting people because of the, you know, understanding what the production requirements require for something like this versus something like television. I don't know if that answers the question at all.
1: No, that, that answered it beautifully. I wanna start by saying you kind of downplayed that because you're kind of connected into both worlds, that the the connections and networking kinda of happens naturally. I think you deserve a ton of credit for also making it happen, and I've experienced that. You know, when Victor Oladipo first got to Miami, uh, I remember you texting me saying that you were friends, and, and I, I brought up your name to him. And the first thing he said is, "Oh man, to- Tommy's great. Like that guy knows everybody." And we've
2: a, I've done, we've done a lot of stuff yeah
1: but i don't think i don't think that just happens by accident like i think that you have to have a certain level of being intentional in order for yeah and you have that, to be a likable guy which obviously you that
2: are. that's true i mean i'll give you an s- example with vic with vic like you know i met him in uh first year he got to indie um i met him in la or something like that we just sort of got introduced somewhere he's just such a nice guy i mean he'll come on your show at some point i'm sure when he's we little we're more working healthy. on that we're working on that. yeah he'll be gonna be great and he's gonna be he's gonna be a great guest and everything like that but like there's a this is an example of the kind of thing to your point about like putting stuff together that like i did do with him which was just a, I, the best way to describe it for me is i just like um sort of creating cool moments if i can and they don't always have to have a specific purpose you know they definitely don't have to have a financial purpose but they also don't have to have a thing where it's like i'm gonna be splashing like i did this that it is so like we had a one of the guys that used to love um, Diza Samira when it was on Vice, he was one of the first sort of like celebrity fans of the show, was uh, Chadwick Bozeman, RIP. He's a great dude, just like super nice, super down to earth guy. And he would basically just like smoke weed and watch the show. And he became like a super fan. And so he, every time uh, he was in New York, he would come by the show. He'd either come on the show or he'd just sort of come and hang. And so I got to know him then. And I wasn't like super tight with him, but I definitely, you know, had a relationship with him. Um, and so when when black Panther came out, uh, which I think I believe was 2018, uh, Vic was doing the dunk contest that year and he's obviously Nigerian, you know, we had gone to see the movie earlier that week or something like that in New York, uh, it was me and him and a couple of his friends or whatever. And he loved the movie. And so like, I think the dunk contest was like that Saturday or the all-star game was that Saturday or Sunday. And it was like Tuesday of that week. And I was like at dinner. I was like, "Have you thought about what you're gonna do with the duck contest?" He's like, "No, not really. Like I'm just gonna wing it." I'm like, "Okay, like <laughs> I've never been in a dunk contest, but that probably seems like you should, you know, figure it out." <laughs> but so we were just talking about it, and I I think the I think I think it was his idea. I don't. I'm not taking credit for the idea, but he was like, "What if we do something that was like Black Panther related or whatever it is?" I'm like, "Oh, that would actually be cool." Um, you know, I know Chadwick a bit, like, let me see if that's the kind of thing that he would want to do. And so I hit him up and he was like, he was a big, he was a big sports fan. like a hundred percent. And so then Disney had to get involved and they were kind of, you know, they kind of made it their own thing in its own way. But it was, it was sort of like what he ended up doing was Chadwick was at the game. He was sitting courtside and Vic put on the mask and he did the dunk or whatever. And then they became sort of friends afterwards. And it was like, that kind of thing is like, it's a small thing. It isn't that big of a, it's not a big moment by any means, but it also is kind of cool to be around. And my thing is basically like, if you're, it's like, you guys are like this too. It's like, you have a lot of these friends in different worlds. Like if you have friends and you can like put somebody on in some way, you're never going to be like, sorry that you did it. You know, you're always going to be yeah. like, Oh, that's a, that's like a nice thing. And it didn't, you know, he didn't win the dunk contest. So it's not like <laughs> you got paid out of it, but it was just, a, it was kind of a moment and it was, and it was cool. And he was happy about it. You know, Chow was happy about it. The movie studio was happy about it. So that was, that's a good example of just kind of like putting stuff together a little bit. I mean, I
1: I think it boils down, and and not to oversimplify what it is you do, but like in my experience with you, you're like a dot connector. You make connections. You like you've done that with me a handful of times, which I'm appreciative of, Davis. I'm I just want to make sure you're over there taking notes
2: uh, in some capacity. Davis is good. Davis, this is I've talked to Davis about this. This will be, like the thing is, Davis is just getting into this. Like think about like I have such I've had such a head start in being in these different places and everything like that. Like both the two of you guys are like this is like the first inning for you in doing this and like if we check back in a year, I'm going to be like there's going to be all kinds of crazy deals that you two have like concocted and I'm going to be like I told them on that podcast that this was going to happen and it's yeah. and it's going to happen.
0: Tommy deserves all credit. Yeah, no, he's laying the blueprint. Like you said, we've already been to some coffee dates, some dinners uh, where he's introducing us to his network. I'm very thankful for that.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to
1: the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: I want to get back to you. I feel like we're deflecting on your story. This, we this, are. this, pod, this podcast is about you. So you
2: guys, you're hosting it, man. I'm just along for the ride. The
0: switch you made, so you 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 know you beat around the bush a little bit but you give us your background in uh, producing shows and you're in TV and then you make the switch from being behind the scenes to being a face of a podcast you're on it every day your face and your voice what's that transition like because i thinking personally you know you and i play very similar roles on our shows respectively that switch from and i wasn't in the space you were but all of a sudden your face is you know, in front of millions and millions and millions of people, you know, because we have <laughs> three, so many listeners, so many, <laughs> so many, <laughs> 3 this is million like the people Super every episode. <laughs> no, but what's that transition like? I mean, do, are there times where you like, you feel like you want to hide or like you regret the decision or is it not anything for you to worry about?
2: Uh, I don't really regret it. It was a little weird. I mean, to, I think I've said this before we, Jason and I have talked about it on our show and Every every once in a while, we'll do something together. We've talked about it then. I mean, in terms of me even being on the show, he like sort of forced me to do it. Like, I wasn't, I said no at first because I thought we were going to have to do everything in person. And I was like, dude, I can't fly to do every single episode. That's not like a realistic thing. And then we're like, let's try it and we'll figure it out. And then Zoom basically came about and it became a blessing. I always knew like he and I, we always kind of worked together on it and we sort of, um, built the thing out together. And so it was always a thing that I wanted to be a part of. And I feel like even if I wasn't on the show, I would be involved, you know, in the company. We probably would have done the, the company probably would have gone the same route, you know, even if I wasn't a co-host, I think the thing which is, which is, which I enjoy about it and hopefully we can keep and ho- And I think you guys have this as well is we've created the show as just like, you know, it's, it's very casual. It's very much, uh, you know, conversations. And then even when we do things, like the draft and stuff like that, that are more like bits, like they don't feel nothing feels forced. And if it felt like we were doing it and it felt like we were like performing or something like that, I don't, I'm not sure that that's what I would want to do. I don't think that's what JJ would want to do either. I think that that the second it starts to feel unnatural is when the audience can tell that it feels that way. And honestly, like that's a thing with guests too. It's like they come, the guy, the players like coming on the show, these our show and your show. Cause they feel like people can, like you guys relate to them. We relate to them. We can have a conversation with them the same way that like we would have if we were at dinner with them or something like that. And, uh, and like that, that was the most important thing I think for us when we started doing it was like creating that. And it took, I mean, it didn't honestly, I don't think, you can ask JJ this question cause he's a better person to answer. I don't think it took me that long to like, figure out how to do it. Cause I have been around a lot of these people already. And so it was more just like, okay. And like you, like you've done this when you, in your, um, you know, in your shoots as well. Like we do, like when we tape with Jimmy and Duncan in new Orleans, it's like, you got like one camera in there and an engineer, you know, it's not like, it's like some crazy shoot that has like, like all kinds of lights and da 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 and all this stuff where all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm on the big stage now. It's like, you don't even Tommy, notice that people are there.
1: Tommy, we use an iPhone just for the record
2: when we do our you, shoots you guys use an iphone for your your massively viral video we've seen all over the world we
1: use an iphone and the room lighting we fell we find a nice well-lit room uh preferably but, some sunlight peeking but through this the window is
2: this is what's cool this is what i find to be this is what i'm like excited about with like this field in general and i find to be just like awesome in its own right is like and i'm not even just gassing you guys up like when you have Jimmy on, when you have Bam on, when you do the thing you did, when you, even when you had like Ud on, like that is like proprietary content, like nobody else has that, and you're doing it on an iPhone. Like you don't need to like call ESPN and be like, "Hey, get this crew here and get some exec to be like, like I like Duncan, like I don't like the other guy." Like, da-da-da. like you don't need any of that shit. Like you can do it, and then we put it on YouTube and we put it on these audio platforms. And this, and to to Davis's point, a lot of people engage with it. Maybe not millions, but like a lot of people engage with it. And you basically hey, just cut you cut everybody else out and then you add them in if you need them. And that's basically what I find to be like exciting about this is you're you're never going to be in a place where you need those people. Like you only will need them if you want them, but they're not you're not going to need them otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean you you make a great point. I I think the comfortability of our guests and and I think I I feel that too, especially in person. I think Zoom is its own thing but like we've realized when we've been able to get in person with people you just you're able to talk about things in a way that you're just never going to get in your yeah. traditional you know media interview um but i've also noticed like when i look back on some of the things that i've said on this podcast like it's it's a dangerous line because i've realized that i've said some things and nothing like damning or like you know that would ruin my you don't pop off like JJ. Yeah, you don't like, pop not, up like jj does yeah no Let's i'm see. not going reckless Let's wait two years. by the way an all-time moment on any podcast ever is the jj Redick monologue on the front office of the new orleans Pelicans. that i mean that's up there uh you know it's in the hall of fame anyways like but i've realized after the fact like when we're done recording being like damn like maybe i shouldn't have said that like that that's kind of like a line especially when you know because it's unique and i actually i ran into not to you know pat myself on the back here but I, i i ran into dave portnoy um recently and he was talking about some of the guys that he does athletes that he you know hosts podcasts for and his whole take is like it's kind of impossible to have a great podcast when you're a current athlete which I'll I'll push back on because I think our, both of our podcasts are great but you always have to be cognizant of like you still have a a, a reputation that you need to worry about because you're still playing yeah. whereas like you see I the remember. guys on on all the smoke they're able to just say whatever they want so we have a unique perspective both of our our shows but there's also, like, strategically – we need to learn how to strategically navigate, it. and it's not necessarily an easy thing to do.
2: But don't you think – I mean, the I would definitely push back on Dave's thing. I would say that – So other, would I. and I did, yeah, for the record. Yeah, the other counter to that is, is, you know, the relevance of you talking about your contract or you talking about your playoff series or you talking about whatever, you talking about other guys in the league is – supersedes anything – that you know a lot of former players do and some of them are you know great analysts and everything like that so it's not like that it's not like that content doesn't work it's more just that you're you just realize like fans want to hear from you on this stuff like if it why if if you're Duncan Robinson who can eloquently speak about what's happening with the heat why would you want to hear from somebody in Bristol (laughs) about this when you can just hear you talk about it I don't I mean it's not that you have to like shut that stuff out but like I'm just thinking objectively I would rather hear from you And so that's, to to Dave's point though, I think, and we were saying this earlier, the tricky thing is like, there's not a lot of Duncans out there. You know what I mean? There's not necessarily a lot of JJ's out there. There's not a lot of people out there that can, can thread this line and also have the ability to do it. And so with current guys, I mean, with former guys, people, you know, they get more comfortable over time. So there is a, there is an element of like, you know, you're Duncan special. He should be patting himself. On the back, I feel like that.
0: <laughs> well, it's not, and it's not just heat stuff too. I mean, if JJ is talking about the heat, that's still interesting because he's in it. So it's, a, it's yeah. a much more intimate thing. Duncan can talk about anything going on around the league and the guys on all the smoke or knuckleheads or these other guys, they do amazing jobs. You know, they're analysts too, but it's just more intimate when it's coming from somebody who's still currently in locker rooms. To your but point I, th-
2: though, to your point, I was going to say, you are right. You guys, I don't know if this is, you guys have gotten nailed with this yet, but we definitely get nailed with it you got to be careful about like throwaway lines and stuff like that because yeah. people do listen to the show and they clip out the show. And like, I'm not even going to bring up the specific example, but we had a thing a couple weeks ago that was like not meant to like cause news. It was just like, it was in a mailbag and it was just a thing and it's a factual thing. And all of a sudden it's like, there's like two weeks of headlines about it. And we're just like, we weren't even, we didn't even regret it, but we're just, what I cut, what I find funny sometimes is just like, it's like people say they want candor and they want honesty and then when they get it they're like oh my god like why are you being so, why are you being so honest you know like it's like, it's like they want to be like fed clichés sometimes
0: Do you find that pressure Tommy cuz I think it's one thing if it's coming from JJ or if it's coming from Duncan but is do you ever feel the need of like oh if I have a hot take that might reflect poorly on JJ
2: No No I don't worry about I mean I'm smart about what I say to not put him in a weird spot i just don't like i don't like my i don't mind other people being hot takey i don't like it for myself and i think it comes off really goofy when i'm it's me and there's two nba players there and i'm giving my takes about like right. who's who is like the like the best player in this and then they're like dude like what the fuck do you know <laughs> Right, so right, that's right. why i'm like just keep it moving and like if jj specifically asks my opinion or if like a guest specifically asked my opinion on it. I'm not going to be like shy, but like like we got into this the other day and they were like busting my balls because I was saying I liked the moves the bulls made and they did too. Like they obviously JJ and Lonzo are really tight and they, and DeMar has been on the show and everything like that. But all I said was like, I liked the 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 moves the bulls made because I do. And they all agreed that they were good. So it wasn't even like they were disagreeing with me. They were just like, well, thank you for that announcement. <laughs> so like, i right, I'm going I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna stick in the back. Like, you, I'll call when I get called on. I'll chime in. Otherwise, I'll just stick to like asking questions.
1: Well, not on this episode. I want a, a Tommy hot take. Uh, so I'm just gonna ask a, a poignant question here. You spent a lot of time around the Philadelphia 76ers organization. Obviously, JJ was there for a while. Uh, I think when you started. Working on the podcast, he was in He's Philly. in
2: Philly. Yeah, that's when it started at the ringer.
1: Give me some thoughts on that situation. And I, I'm gonna leave it somewhat open ended, but do you think that it's salvageable as is?
2: Because everybody wants I, to know what Tommy Alter thinks of yeah, um, exactly. Philadelphia I don't know what, what I don't know what salvageable is. I will just say this. We've talked about this. We talked about this with TJ, we talked about it um with somebody else this summer. Ben is such a unique talent um, and he's so good at creating open looks for his teammates. Like Duncan, if you played with him, I don't know what you would, you would shoot a lot of threes and you would make a lot of, you have a lot of open looks and it's not always appreciated. um, But I know that it was a thing that uh, I know it's a thing that worked. I mean, JJ had two really good like physical years there. He scored basically 20 points a game and shot, you know, 40% at like a high clip and that he, he was playing well and Joel was a part of that, but a lot of that has also been, it was like Marco shot really well there. Ilyasova was there for a little bit, shot really well. Seth had a great year this year. Like he makes those, he makes shooters better and he does a lot of things. And so, I mean, I basically, I basically think, I don't know what's going to happen. I think wherever he goes next, I think he will go somewhere. I don't think he's going to stay there. I think wherever he goes next, uh, he will be a really good player and I'm not sure that they will regret it, but they it's not like we have not heard the last of you know Ben Simmons by any stretch and i I just think that I saw the stuff that that Joel was tweeting today um and I do think that's that sometimes the media does take stuff and you know and I guess we are the media too, but they will take they'll take little tidbits of things and just run with it and these guys like ben hasn't you know he hasn't said anything he hasn't talked and and it's it's not always uh it's it's what you sign up for, so I don't think anyone needs to feel sorry for any of these guys. But like it's it's not it's not always fair where these kind of things get built into these massive feuds when there's you know there's not necessarily a lot there.
1: I agree. Um I, I think Ben is incredibly underappreciated as a player. Obviously defensively, I think he does get the respect he deserves, but offensively Uh, I always have kind of envisioned that if he was in a situation where kind of like a a James Harden in Houston, where like he just had an open floor surrounded by shooting and could really create, I mean, he's an incredible passer. I I think he would, there would be just an entirely different perception of him across the league. Um, Obviously, everyone's always going to get caught up in how many threes he shoots, which is like kind of silly but it's it's also the kind of the world that we live in um love that take i got one more tommy hot take is i like this,
2: I like this segment maybe i'll just get my hot takes on your show yes is, is jj
1: <laughs> reddick wearing an nba jersey this year i was gonna ask yes. him but yes. he yes, but he yes, was definitely. not on this definitely, this, definitely. He,
2: he would he i think you guys know this i think your audience know this our audience definitely knows this jj's very uh candid sometimes too candid and if he was not playing, he would have just said it. Like he just yeah. would have. He would have. He would have said it. It would not be. It would not be a thing he's being shy about. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, uh, you know, on the show and everything like that. He has a bunch of options now. He had a bunch of options in August, and he'll have a bunch of options whenever he decides to do it. I think he's just taking his time with it, which is unique for sure. But I also think you know he's been in the league for a long time, and he's built up a lot of uh, credibility with different people around the league and everything like that and it's not necessarily an, an unusual uh you know thing to happen this way uh i th- i think we both are just like we you know he's gonna decide when he decides and then we'll do something on the show but we're not gonna make it like a big dog and pony show you know what i mean it's gonna right. be like all right i'm gonna i'm he's gonna get he's you know he's has to get his heel right and then once that happens he's basically gonna be like i'm gonna play here and then there will be an if. If he's not playing, you, he will tell you, and you will know on the show. But there's nothing that has, you know, uh, nothing has changed as of now. That was even a hot take. That was just like fishing for gossip. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind
0: of a dirty, uh, dirty question. If
2: yeah. Me. Fucking cheap shot. I didn't realize this is this kind of show. <laughs> Rethinking everything. <laughs>
1: Because JJ bailed, we're stealing his draft or your draft concept. Yeah. Uh, we were going to do it with him, but now we're going to do it without we him. We need Davis
2: to come draft on our show, by the way. I can't believe that hasn't happened. It's true.
1: Davis, this is your first ever draft.
2: That's true. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Davis That's is right. probably really good at drafting. Ah, like, we'll see. Like, JJ has actually fallen off significantly draft-wise. Like He likes to make fun of me, but his like I don't know what his issue is, but the last like three months, he's just been tanking them. And wow. either I've been winning or the guests have been winning. Um, but I feel like Davis would just do a ton of prep and would come in. The other person who's really good at drafting is Tyrese, like, mm. r- like shockingly good. Like he comes with these like deep cuts, and we're like, dude, you're like 20 years old. Like I don't even know how you know you know <laughs> um, about this thing. We wouldn't know because
1: we can't get Tyrese on the show. We've oh, yeah. tried, right? And this, and yes, Tyrese, Tyrese, this is me calling you out. We've tried yes. multiple times, and he's bailed multiple times. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I digress. All right, we got. I'm two I'm with two of the best sidekicks in the game. And that sounds demeaning calling you two sidekicks, but the concept uh yeah, or, or topic for this draft is best sidekicks. Um so let's just get it popping here. Tommy, why don't you go first? Okay.
2: Thank you for the heads up on the topic. Well, wait, yeah, I did, we... didn't really give you my <laughs> sidekicks <laughs>
1: here, in any in any form. In okay, legitimately no. any form.
2: It doesn't so it's not just movies.
0: Or TV No, I'd actually prefer
1: like it. I would actually prefer it if you really stretched it. Like you just came with something. Are we doing like five? Form. Are we
2: snaking it? What's the format? We'll do five and we'll snake it. Okay. Last. So this is a weird first pick. But I love the show so much that I I think from... I'm not saying that like he's somebody I would want to hang out with. But I think the overall perform the acting, the character what it represents is one of the best, maybe the best television sidekick in the history of TV. And that's Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Great
0: answer. Here we go. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Actually, uh, quick anecdote. My grandparents (laughs) gave, (laughs) deals
2: math on the side.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Quick anecdote. I also am selling meth. No. Um, Our grandparents, for their latest anniversary, we got them like a book of activities to do together, and one of which, for some reason, was watch Breaking Bad. And so they have started the show. My grandpa loves it. My grandma's not as big of a fan. Too much foul language for her.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, But we'll see. They're just a couple episodes in, so maybe it'll grow on them. It's not for
2: everybody but it's I, if, if you like it you really like it
1: Wait, can we just acknowledge the fact outside of your family how is that anecdote relevant to anybody that could be <laughs> listening to this podcast like I what, thought it was about to share what what providing you, color to his family I think that's fine.
0: what made you motivated to share that anecdote I'm I actually genuinely it was, curious I thought is your was, grandma thought, gonna be pissed at you
2: for blowing up yeah, her spot
0: She listens every week I just thought it was just be like. Thought it was worth, uh, okay. worth
2: like I love the show <laughs>
1: all right Dave what's what's your second pick second overall pick what do we got
0: I'm going uh I think this is our this is our show so we we're gonna make the rules I'm gonna say this is allowed I'm going to duo I'm going Timon and Pumba Lion King top three movie all time for me I have a about that pick you one can can do of them two, has two yeah,
2: sidekicks I thought there's one side there no no, no is Simba, just one
0: person they are Simba sidekicks but
1: you have to pick one of them.
0: No, no, no. The, we're doing best sidekicks. They, they as a tandem, are sidekicks to Simba. I'm Wait, gonna so, let it okay. slide I So, don't like so
2: it. is like our background singers considered sidekicks? Yeah, like, like I guess. Like, so. is JC Shazay sure. and those guys, Lance Bass are they, they sidekicks?
0: Yeah, I think so. I hate that answer. I'll, I'll wow. let it slide I'm just for the questionable.
2: I'm, I'm I mean, I love those guys, it. but. It, <laughs> I'm not
1: going to fight mm. it from a, a time standpoint because we're running I mean, out of if, time. You, mm. if you
0: made me pick one, I'm going Timon. But I think as a, as a duo, they are inseparable. And they help Simba relax when he needs to. They help shift his perspective. But then they're there to ride for him in battle when needed. Like, what else can you ask for? Uh, I mean, it's, it's fine. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer. So I got two here coming up.
1: My first one is just, you know, fastball right down the middle. Scotty Pippen. Okay, I mean it's hard to argue he's he's not one of the best. My second one. Do not let him hear that. He's not going to be happy. <laughs> Scotty will not be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> my my second one is Baxter the dog from Anchorman. <laughs> I think he plays it's an I think great. he plays an unbelievable role to Ron. Yeah. Uh, I think he adds. A emotional side, not obviously. Ron already has one, but I think it, he adds a human element to Ron. I, I think he just plays the role beautifully. And then after you know getting punted off the bridge, he makes his heroic return at the end and saves the day. I think it, I, I think Baxter Burgundy is uh, is my second pick, and I think it's a great one. That's a good pick. <laughs>
0: very very good pick. That's such a unique answer. I would have never, but I agree. I think it's a good pick. Well done. Back to you, Dave. All right. Um, I typed up a – we had a head start on Tommy on this one, so I typed up a little bit of a list here. I'm looking through it. There are a couple good ones. I think I'm going to go Donkey from Shrek, though. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. It just seems kind of, kind of like a classic. It's it's early enough in the draft where it's like, I you know, I want him there. So You're I'm really staying in the, the animated
1: movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I know. That's where my mind, mind went. I mean, I, you could get deductive points for lack of, you know, creativity. But go we'll ahead.
2: See. Um, I'm going to go with my second pick. I'm going to go with uh, Wilson the Volleyball from Castaway. Nice. Wow, that's a great one. I feel like that is – that's a kind of unimpeachable sidekick. <laughs> um, Third, I got to think. I want to do a basketball one. But – so a guy that, like, unlike Scotty, I think would be – fine being considered a sidekick um who who i just loved watching play was manu with those spurs teams so i'm gonna go with ginobili as my sidekick for duncan obviously on those championship teams because he was he sort of served the role of like a basketball sidekick and it was that he was obviously didn't start he uh was just always there when they needed him and he was always there to basically provide you know backup color support everything like that but had no interest in being the face of the franchise or anything like that and so that that, like when i think about like basketball sidekicks that fits more than you know you have three superstars and they take turns because all three of them will get pissed if they're considered (laughs) not to be the man right so it's like you need to have someone who's like okay in that spot
1: i that's a great take i like that a lot
0: yeah i like that too
2: um wow, okay guys I'm getting so much positive feedback this is like so you so unique for me <laughs> yeah we did it get- we did it we did a draft yesterday with Shay Serrano and Mina Kimes first of all Shay was a horrible horrible drafter like so <laughs> bad but they're really good at just shitting on other like like there's a skill like Gladwell is good at this too at like even when you're wrong arguing the arguing somebody down where like they're actually factually incorrect, and they still win the argument because yeah. Shay's like amazing at it. Like he's wrong on the thing, and yet he convinces everybody that he's right. And you just are sort of like, you feel like you're taking crazy pills. I like
1: right. it. No, I mean it
0: requires a certain level of
1: persistence and will. Is is really what it boils down to. Yeah. All right. Go anyways. ahead. Yes.
0: If I can go grandparents aside, uh, Tommy, then you can go Shay Serrano aside. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think um, so. I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm looking at my board. You guys, I'm just gonna keep taking the good stuff. I oh, I think okay. I have animated. to go. This isn't this isn't animated. It's in a similar realm. I'm gonna go Chewbacca. I mean, how is Chewbacca? How is, how is Chewbacca? <laughs> is, the
2: demo, is the demo of this show like? Thirteen-year-olds, like I don't even understand what's going on. Your
1: your first (laughs) opportunity to draft, and you are just—I don't want to say failing miserably, but my goodness, (laughs) this is one for (laughs) twelve.
0: Exactly. Like, like,
1: what, what audience are you trying
2: to capture here?
0: Like, who are you speaking to? I think that's the point. Is there's no audience here that I'm trying to capture. I'm picking things that are near to He's my heart trying
2: to make his grandma happy after he called her out on his own podcast true like, yeah th- that's obviously <laughs> true too
0: no come on star wars is a classic you kidding me um all right i got
1: uh i got turtle from entourage and, and the nice. reason that i'm i'm choosing turtle is because kind of not like my previous pick in scotty pippen turtle is so willing to be a sidekick and I think that there's there is a strength in that the the strength of like having the self-awareness to just like really know your role and just sell out to it completely uh and I think he just provides levity which what's
2: your feeling on that show now
1: what's my feeling
2: yeah did you watch all of it oh I mean I probably
1: watched Entourage through probably five or six times um I mean I I it's (laughs) You know, it lacks definitely kind of like any sort of like depth. Um, but if you don't think it's entertaining, then I just I, I don't know if I, we can really be friends. be friends because it it is it's incredibly entertaining. I will say like it's very classic of like when you're in high school or maybe like early college of. It just so perfectly fits into like, oh, if I made it big, this is what it would look like, and like, just anybody can kind of just like put themselves into that role of yeah. Vince. And now um, you're Vince. Now you got an entourage. Career. I'm not Vince. So we we like kind of talk about that, and I I consistently dispute the fact that I I don't want to be Vince. That's not my role. You're Vince I don't want of to Miami. Vince.
2: This is yeah, Duncan's Vince. So who's, I'm not. Vince. Of course, Davis is Davis is E. I don't think they, I've met your turtle yet. <laughs> <laughs> turtle could
0: be taken in a few different directions yeah i was gonna say turtle ha- turtle has such a career or a, a character arc that he it kind really of depends at what point of you know what which turtle are you looking for
2: you know yeah. jj was supposed to be in that show and he and he bailed on it oh wow what a missed yeah, opportunity because J- jj at duke you guys i don't you guys might be too young jj oh duke, yeah JJ duke was like most famous college player in the country. And they were just being like, and that was when that show was hot. And yeah. they were like, you come out and be in it. Da, 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 and he's just like, oh, I'm good. That would that in one been... hill, one hill. He wanted to be in, but, uh, he the schedule got fucked up, which actually would have been hilarious. Cause we would play that clip over and over again. If he was in that, that yeah, would that be feels two, like a missed opportunity.
1: That yeah. would be two incredible cameos. If JJ was in either of those, we got
2: to get, um, get Duncan in a show. I'm what good. show are we gonna get Duncan? I, no, we should get you in. So we had Adam McKay on the podcast uh, yeah. like four months ago. He's making a show about the Showtime Lakers. Um, that's right for HBO. And I think we, talk, we already we already got him to agree that JJ could be in it as like a as like a third <laughs> like bench guy on the Celtics or something like that. I, I don't know it. if it's gonna work out with your season, but it would just be like when you like because you're not gonna like act. You don't have to like act. You can just be like a guy who just like yeah. hits a couple threes. And then everyone's that. like, Is that Duncan?
1: Well, I could do that. Um, all right, I get another pick here, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of pandering, but uh, you know, I, I really get to see the behind the scenes and that's why I'm with my fourth selection. Uh, I'm taking Davis Patrick. Reed oh God! As best sidekick, I mean, the guy what does the an inordinate no. amount of heavy lifting behind the this scenes. Stra-
2: you guys are so fucking corny. Oh my God! Yeah, that give- was I- bad. I, I didn't
1: like that. I have to do it. It's <laughs> <What> listen. The- <laughs> he's an incredible sidekick. It's I didn't like.
2: like that. You better put a graphic up on this on Twitter like we do, and have everyone shit on these picks. That's insane. Wait, I've had fantastic picks up until this point. <laughs>
1: davis is my uh, one that you could maybe dispute but the other no, one that. Uh,
2: that
0: made me uh, i actually Alex. physically oh, yeah. feel pain after yeah that.
2: i'm uncomfortable seriously <laughs> all right
0: dave go ahead all right i i'm not switching gears because of you two i just want to let you guys know that this is just i'm going down my board but i'm going chris bosch because that guy was the perfect sidekick in the big three took a little bit of a lesser role but got the job done stepped up when he needed to I'm also pandering to our Heat fans a little bit. But Chris Bosh is my fourth pick.
2: I like that. Chris is it's quality. Boy. Yep. All right. I got two. Yeah. I'm going um, – I don't Um, remember his name. Um, but do you guys ever see Bad Santa? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the little guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, who's in Bad Santa again? It's I, Billy I like... Bob Thornton. And then he yes. has his,
2: he has his elf. I'm going with that elf, whatever his name is. That dude is hilarious. We'll get a
1: name, we'll get a name search for that, for the graphics. Everyone
2: knows, if you've seen the movie, you know who I'm talking
1: about. It's a good take. All right, fair enough. I mean, I don't Uh, love it if we're being honest. I think, I think you should at least be able to come to the table with a name instead of like a vague description. I know, it would be nice. Maybe
2: I could have come with it if I had any warning that we were drafting this topic. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Maybe even a nine second heads up so I could have Googled this guy's name. But you know what? I just go no notes and I just draft it out. This is just, it's. This is like fucking, it's like you yeah. and shooting. Just, just fucking whip it off. All right. My last one. Have you guys seen The Sopranos? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm going Paulie. Paulie is my <laughs> is my favorite character on that show. Paulie Walnuts. It, but he's, what makes him a good sidekick is, unlike all of the other sort of key figures in the show, he has no interest in being Tony. He has no interest in being the boss. He has no interest in any sort of. Real power or anything like that. All he cares about, basically, is his mom, who ends up not being his mom (spoilers) and uh, and making Tony happy. And so he's really yeah. ultimately like the best sidekick on the show because he doesn't have any aspirations of grandeur.
1: It's it's hard to argue anything, Sopranos. I'll be honest right. with you, and I and I appreciate your description. Has anyone said Robin? No. Like it's I, almost. I, it's, I don't like. I mean, you can you can you take. Robin's it, like
2: lame. Like if you want to pick Robin, fine. I mean, it's, I he's I
0: literally become the term when talking about sidekicks. It's like he's the Robin.
2: I don't right? even I know I what Robin looks like. I, they, they they didn't they get Robin out of all the movies because he was just, yeah. Like, Robin was coined. never there. I just think like, if Robin's we're not talking, in the Dark Knight. If we're talking
0: cultural impact, I, I don't understand how Robin's not a top a first round pick. Like he the literally his name has become the coinage. Does
2: for, Robin have cultural impact though? It, if he, Robin, if if somebody who's played Robin in one of the movies was walking down the street, would you be like, oh my god, that's Robin? I mean, yeah. But you probably. mean the you
1: mean the the character
0: description yeah, yeah, yeah. of like yeah. what he has become. He is literally I mean, the yes. coinage for the word sidekick. It is so I'm going Robin. I mean, it just feels like if we're talking value, in people the fifth are probably going to
2: like that pick. Yeah, I think that that's good value in the fifth round. I mean, it's like I have the true. best getting I, Robin I in the fifth round is.
0: I get that it's like become the cool thing here to just make fun of my draft. But I think if you look at the board, there's no question that I have the most solid five. I here.
2: mean, Davis, you have a better draft than fucking Duncan. He picked you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hold exactly. on. Hold on. Wait
1: for my fifth pick. This is probably my best one yet, even though I think Baxter Burgundy was my best one. Um, if we're talking cultural impact, you would be hard pressed to find a movie that was more impactful than Like Mike. And that's why I have Murph Uh, from like Mike Bow Wow's sidekick Murph. Great movie. Think about it. The The whole ending to the movie is broken if Murph doesn't pitch the shoes ahead at the end. And he's just like as solid as they come right from the jump. And they end up. You know, both getting adopted together, and they can, you know, continue to be each other's sidekicks uh, for the rest of time. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's 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 my like take. It. to round it. I like it, it.
2: That's a good that's a good one to close it on. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll give it to you.
1: Yeah, so there there you have it. I mean, we'll let the people decide. I think that uh, the proof is in the pudding on a handful of those. Uh, I honestly
0: <laughs> just...
2: thought Duncan had a good chance till the you know the yeah. One. <laughs> I didn't even like it. Tommy, here's yeah. here's
1: the thing. This is why I said it's a little bit of pandering. For some reason are like our community. I was almost said fan base. Not they're not fans. They're they are our, our peers. Yeah. They love Davis. They're just enamored by
2: everything he That's Davis. hilarious. That's funny it's funny because it's like, oppo- it's the opposite with us. You go. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I don't think that they hate me, but I think that like they like because JJ and I always fight. This is the funny thing about our JJ and my relationship. We never fight in real life, but on the show we just like just always go at it on different stuff. And so they like, it's more like the kids on the schoolyard and JJ's like the, you know, the the bigger kid. And they're like, yeah, like get him. <laughs> da, da, da. But it's good. It's like good content. So like I'm down with it.
1: I just, I, I still don't even understand it. Like Davis had this ridiculous little like hat stick. I don't even know if you saw it on like I visually for every one of our questions in the mailbag, he would like change hats. And I'm like, Davis, this is the dumbest idea I've ever seen. Like this is ridiculous and people are just go oh davis is so like people are just loving it in the comments i'm like this is that was a great like test of where people really stand on Dave people because, are into it yeah because this if they good. if if they didn't like Dave they'd be like who is this jamoke who's Why just like changing? Chain- yeah like what the fuck is he doing but no everyone's like eating it up like oh this is art davis is such a you know special individual in mind and
0: creative it, it's it's a joke shout out to um, my people hey shout out to the long community I like my rider dies <laughs>
1: Now I'm all worked up. Anyways, Tommy, we we really appreciate you coming on. We we went a little bit longer than we uh, anticipated, so sorry if we kept you a little bit. But uh, but thank you for for coming on and and sharing your your wisdom and perspective. Thank with you the for people. having
2: me, and thank you for continuing this meteoric rise of the show. I feel like your this thing is. This thing is uh, – I'm going to come back on in four months, and it's going to be – we're going to be like <laughs> – Davis is going to have security outside of his house. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: talk, we talk about it every week. We're just out here chasing Rogan. So yeah. This is what happens. You know, it's, it's,
2: uh, it's within the sights. Next but, one of uh, these, when JJ decides to show up, we're doing it in person. We are going to come down to Miami, and that's when we'll do it. We will yes, do one 100%. We'll do a big one in person at uh, Kiyu. Q, dude, Q. come on. Q. Dude, I've been there one time. It's spelled <laughs> Q. Out. Elite <laughs> I know, that's just That's
1: just, it's like, that's like personal to me because of like how embedded I am into that establishment. Um,
2: I would say it's one of the best. It is, I was saying uh, to Hassan, who, who uh, Duncan's gonna see, who's going to see is going out to Miami. I told him is the best, uh, a, maybe a top five restaurant for me in the country. And I've been there one time.
1: Whoa. I love it's that. It's amazing. Take- Tommy, I, lo- I love that take from you and uh i'll stand right there next to you when you say it. it because is amazing I yes um all right appreciate you coming on the long shot and uh yeah obviously check out old man in the three you probably already do if you listen to us uh, but but thanks again tommy